0: Welcome to the Shift Gold Friday Gold Wrap, your overview of this week's Precious Metals News. It's Friday, December 1st. I'm your host, Mike Meharry. Thanks for tuning in. Gold continued the trend we've seen over the past month or so, bouncing up and down within a relatively narrow range. The yellow metal flirted with $1,300 earlier in the week. Gold hit $12.99.13 Monday afternoon, its highest price since October 16th, but it fell back again late this week as the stock market continued its precipitous climb and investors flocked into riskier assets. Gold did show some small gains overseas Friday morning as tax reform stalled in the U.S. Senate. A procedural snag delayed a vote amid concerns expressed by some conservatives about increasing the national debt. Peter Schiff talked about this during his podcast this week. He called the GOP plan quote, government on a credit card, end quote. As I'm recording this podcast, gold is trading at 1276.40, silver is at 1643, and the silver-gold ratio is at 77.89. North Korea launched another ballistic missile this week. That news barely registered as a blip in the markets. As we get used to living with a certain level of uncertainty and turmoil, it becomes normal, like background noise. But Jim Rickards wrote in a column this week that he thinks geopolitical shock is one of the snowflakes that could set off the next financial avalanche. Just because we've gotten used to it doesn't mean the risk suddenly ceased to exist. Things could easily spin out of control. Rickards put it this way. Quote, when a rogue North Korea builds a nuclear program capable of targeting the world's sole superpower, that's a snowflake. When China asserts territorial dominion over the South China Sea that pits it against key U.S. allies, that's a snowflake. When Saudi Arabia is roiled by internal strife and seems on a collision course with Iran throughout the entire Middle East, that's a snowflake. President Trump's pick to head up the Federal Reserve testified before the Senate Banking Committee on Tuesday. The New York Times described it as a relatively placid affair. Maintaining the status quo doesn't tend to set off fireworks, and the status quo is exactly what Jerome Powell represents. Under a Powell-led Fed, we can expect the legacy of Ben Bernanke and Janet Yellen to continue unbroken. That means a continuation of interventionist monetary policy, artificially low interest rates into the foreseeable future, and plenty of quantitative easing when the time comes. Just to show you how Washington works, the people who were against Powell when he was an Obama appointee are apparently okay with him now that he's a Trump appointee. Per the New York Times, Mr. Powell drew little opposition from conservative Republicans who opposed both his nomination as Fed governor in 2012 and his reappointment in 2014. So what can we expect from a Powell-led Fed? From what he has said, pretty much the same thing we got under Yellen and Bernanke. As we said when Trump announced the appointment, Powell is the quintessential swamp creature. In remarks he made before his confirmation hearing, Powell defended the Fed's broad use of crisis-fighting powers. As Reuters put it, Powell positioned himself as an extension of the central bank policies of current chair Janet Yellen and her predecessor, Ben Bernanke. He endorsed the core ideas that have defined U.S. central banking since the financial crisis and expressed a willingness to move aggressively against a downturn. In other words, we can expect Powell to blow up bubbles and drive malinvestment. Powell is the typical central planner. He believes a small cadre of people is smart enough to micromanage the world economy. I love the way investment guru Jim Grant once put it. We used to be on the gold standard. The world financial system today is on the PhD standard. Here's how Grant put it. Ex-professors buy bonds with money they whistle into existence, quantitative easing, and tinker with interest rates and give speeches about their intentions to buy bonds and tinker with interest rates forward guidance. Powell's statements before the hearing prove him to be a dedicated disciple of the PhD standard. So what does that status quo mean for us? Greenspan gave us the dot-com bubble, Bernanke gave us the housing bubble. Yellen has blown up all kinds of bubbles, most significantly the bloated stock market bubble. The question is what kind of bubble will Powell blow up when he slashes interest rates to zero or below and launches the next rounds of quantitative easing in response to the next economic downturn. And we're way overdue for that. In other news, Trump announced another pick to fill a vacancy on the Fed Board of Governors. The mainstream is calling Marvin Goodfriend a challenge to the status quo. But the truth is, he's just another swamp monster. Goodfriend is an economics professor at Carnegie Mellon University, so he fits right in with the other central bankers running the Ph.D. standard. He also already has ties to the Federal Reserve. He formerly served as director of research at the Richmond Fed. So here's how CNBC spun Goodfriend's nomination. Quote If President Donald Trump's nomination of Jerome Powell to lead the Federal Reserve was a way of preserving the status quo, his selection of Marvin Goodfriend for another vacancy is a way of challenging it. Now, you might hear that and say, Oh, good, now we're getting somewhere. Not so fast. Goodfriend isn't a fan of the conventional radical policy of quantitative easing. He's actually a proponent of an even more radical policy, negative interest rates. And that means he's also an advocate for the war on cash. As Bloomberg noted, Goodfriend thought the impact of QE was questionable at best. Instead, he made a case for an even more unorthodox idea, negative interest rates. He conceded, however, that a sustained policy of negative rates might require abolishing paper currency, a step that would likely prove unpopular. As though Bishop at the Mises Institute pointed out, Goodfriend made a case for the negative interest rates back in 2016, calling the zero bound an encumbrance that needs to be removed just like the gold standard was. Negative rates effectively place a tax on savings. When rates fall below zero, it literally costs money to keep cash in the bank. That leaves you with few choices. You can spend it, or you can just stuff it under your mattress or hide it in a microwave, as some Swedes have reportedly done in that country. Or you can just suck it up and pay the bank to hold the cash for you. Bishop dug up some past statements that reveal Goodfriend is a cash warrior. Of course, you have to be if you want to do negative interest rates. The scheme doesn't work if people can hold on to currency. So the central planners have to get the cash out of the system. Goodfriend is a fan, as Bishop explains. Since negative interest rates usually coincide with greater use of cash and personal vaults, Goodfriend went so far as to suggest the Fed should consider devaluing the value of printed banknotes. A $10 bill would buy less than a $10 debit card transaction, opening up a new front in the ongoing war on cash. Last summer, Bishop warned us what would happen with Goodfriend on the Fed. He said it could be bad news for everyday Americans. Quote, given his radical views on monetary policy, it's not hyperbole to suggest that Good Friend's nomination would represent a genuine danger to the economic well being of every American citizen, or at least those outside of the financial services industry. End quote. And here we are. Bitcoin investors took a wild roller coaster ride this week. The cryptocurrency surged above $11,000, then plunged to the low $9,000 range before recovering somewhat. There's a lot of talk about whether or not Bitcoin is a bubble. Some analysts look at all of the action in the world of cryptos and predict the demise of gold. But there are plenty of reasons to believe gold will be just fine. In an article this week on Shift Gold's blog, we lay out the case. I take a middle-of-the-road position when it comes to Bitcoin. I think a diversified position is best. In the world of investing, it's never wise to put all of your eggs in one proverbial basket. Diversifying your cryptocurrency portfolio with precious metals can mitigate some of the potential downside and put you in an overall stronger financial position. Call one gold 160 today to talk to one of Shift Gold's precious metal specialists and learn more about getting into silver and gold. That's one gold 160 Well, that's a gold wrap for this week. You can get more details on all of these stories and more, and keep up with the latest precious metals news and analysis throughout the week at Schiffgold.com slash news. If you haven't done so already, subscribe to the Friday Gold Wrap at iTunes for free. There's a link on our show notes page. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you again next week.